0: Welcome to the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring special guests discussing a wide range of topics and personal stories. The Pirate Radio Podcast is presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Nothing tastes quite like it. Visit whiteclaw.com today. White Claw Hard Seltzer, proudly distributed by Coastal Beverage. Please drink responsibly. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studio, here's
1: Shirley Rhodes. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring the voice Jeff Charles and ECU and now the Athletics Director at Charleston Southern, Jeff Barber. The Pirate Radio Podcast is brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. On today's podcast, The Voice will have a great discussion with Jeff Barber on his path from Greenville, North Carolina to being the Athletics Director at Charleston Southern. Sit back and relax. Today's Pirate Radio Podcast presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer starts right now.
0: Jeff Barber is the Director of Athletics at Charleston Southern University, a Greenville native and ECU graduate, class of 1981. Jeff was an assistant AD at ECU from 87 to 91. He then moved on to Furman as an associate athletic director. From Furman it was on to the University of South Carolina for 10 years and he served at Liberty for 10 years as its athletics director. He also has a background in professional baseball. We will cover it all as we welcome Jeff Barber, a longtime friend to Pirate Radio. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. How you been?
2: Jeff, I'm doing great. What a privilege it is to speak with you today and look forward to seeing you this weekend.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. We're all looking forward to the game. Well, Jeff, let's talk about that. The most recent first, your school, Charleston Southern. will play the Pirates on Saturday. Tell us how this game came about.
2: Well, we were actually looking for a way, of all things, Jeff, to uh, buy a new video scoreboard uh, for our football stadium. So, uh, we used electronics here. We needed a new scoreboard, a new video board, and uh, at places like ours, you know, sometimes you have to go play game guarantees to afford to do things like that. So uh, I was looking for a game, and, uh, you know, I, I go through a fellow named Dave Brown with Gridiron and, and saw that East Carolina had an opening. That This was just maybe two years ago, I think, maybe three, but, um, you know, I picked up the phone and called J.J. McClam, who's a good friend, and I said, hey, J.J., we'd love to come up and play you guys, and And fortunately, it worked out, and it was really kind of the uh, nail in the coffin for the money we needed to put up a new video board.
0: Well, that's an interesting story. Tell us a little bit about Charleston Southern, Jeff.
2: Well, it's a young school, uh, you know, 1964, so uh, it's a faith-based institution and, uh, you know, an FCS program that's uh, got a lot of great people. We're about 3,500 students. It's a a private institution, uh, great, great people. You know, we don't have a lot of great resources here. Uh, we're just trying to uh, be really creative and putting things together to make it work. But uh, we're in North Charleston, which they say in a few years we'll have a million people. We're right beside the interstate. It's a, it's a great location. We're trying to do a lot of things to, to make this school, uh, you know, number one on people's hearts and minds. And uh, from an athletic perspective, um, you know, we've made a lot of progress in the last three years. Lou Holtz always said we're not where we want to be. And we're not where we're going to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. So we've made progress, but Charleston Southern, just a great school, uh, just uh, fighting hard to to make it work.
0: Well, this game has to be special for you, bringing your Charleston Southern program into Greenville to take on the Pirates. Of course, you're an ECU alum, former Pirate Club staffer. So, Jeff, how excited are you about the game coming up this Saturday?
2: Jeff, I really am excited. It's going to be great to uh, see some old friends i talked to an old friend harry Pear, who we grew up and went to rose high and played basketball together and we're going to try to get together and seeing some old friends i've had a number of people reach out to me and want me to stop by their tailgating lot and and uh you know east carolina is uh is home for me greenville is home and um it, it's just going to be a great time i'm looking forward to it and i'm looking forward to seeing the progress i know you and and john gilbert and others and dave hart have done a lot of great things there to improve that facilities the facilities and the program and i'm just really looking forward to walking around and i know i'll be a little bit little bit shocked but mighty mighty proud to see where the program has come over the many years uh, since I've been gone.
0: Yeah not only the university and the campus but the city of Greenville. Jeff if you've not been here for a while you're going to see a lot of changes in this city as well so I wanted to talk a little bit about Greenville and growing up here when you did in the 60s and 70s your dad was a a businessman in town. Uh, What was life like in Greenville, North Carolina when you were growing up here?
2: You know, Jeff, probably the best thing as I look back is just – I think of it as just a sleepy little town. I played baseball in the Greenville Little League system, so we were a tight-knit group there. You know, the Greenville bypass didn't have a lot on it. I remember when the Jiffy Lube opened and we thought that was a big deal. So it was just a quiet town. I mean, it was uh, it was a great place to live and grow up. You could ride your bikes from my neighborhood over to Lindale and, and hang out with friends and all that. Um, it was just a it was a fun town. It was a solid place to grow up and I think it really established my roots and who I am as a person now, uh, just on based on the culture that it had back then. But it was a, a fun town to be in. I remember being in the seventh grade and uh, playing at a with freshman football game in Ficklin Stadium for the for ECU had a, a freshman uh, football team and our rec team went over and played and thought that was a big deal. I remember sitting in in 11th grade in uh, Western Civilization, I think, with Coach Ronald Vincent watching them put up the lights at Ficklin Stadium. So, you know, it it was a a beautiful place to grow up, great people again, and uh, just had a lot of friends, a tight-knit group, and it was fun to watch it grow during my time there, and again, I'm really looking forward to seeing how much it's grown when I get back. So you choose
0: ECU coming out of high school, Jeff. Tell us a little bit about that and why you decided to stay home and go to college.
2: You know, I wanted to be a high school basketball coach. I played basketball for J.H. Rose, and um, I thought that's what I wanted to do. I've always loved athletics. And, um, you know, at that time, back a uh, long time ago now, Jeff, Yep. <laughs> you know, the uh, the building market was, was tough, and uh, I just I had to put myself through school. So I would schedule classes from 8 to 12, and then I'd go work in my dad's business um, uh, from, you know, 1 o'clock till 8 o'clock at night. So... You know, it was really a lot of a financial decision, but I always loved East Carolina. I went to games, you know, growing up, my whole life, and, and I just felt like I was part of that community, you know, when I had to make that decision. And, again, I worked my through school. I'm, I'm somewhat proud. I hope it's not bad to say that, that I paid for all my schooling and all my books through working, and I worked out at the mall and the athletic attic and, you know, all that fun stuff. So um, it was just the right place for me. I felt at home there, and, um, gosh, my one of my – uh, kinesiology teachers i dated his his daughter was my first girlfriend in the sixth grade so everything just kind of fit together and it was just home for me and i felt good and it was a place that i needed to go to just financially make it work we're visiting with jeff barber
0: he is the director of athletics at charleston southern ecu and charleston southern play on the gridiron coming up on saturday jeff of course is a greenville native ecu alum and he's had a wonderful career in college athletics, but it all started for him in professional baseball. And, Jeff, let's talk a little bit about that because a lot of folks probably don't realize this, but you do have a background there going back to the 80s, so how did your professional baseball career start?
2: Great question, Jeff. Thank you. I was teaching uh, health and PE, kindergarten through fifth grade. I love kids, so I was loving the, the job itself, but I realized I didn't want to be a high school basketball coach so, I decided I wanted to get into college athletics and uh, rode away to three schools at the time that were offering a master's degree in sports administration Miami, of Ohio, University of Massachusetts at Amherst. I believe it was St. Leo's or maybe St. Thomas down in Florida. I can't remember which one. But anyway, I got this information back from them and they're showing internships and that you can go and, you know, and there were a lot of internships available once you go to school and professional baseball. And again, I love baseball growing up. and So, it was all. Uh, a real, um, you know, just an exciting opportunity for me. So I volunteered over at the Columbia Mets. I was living in Columbia at the time and, and uh, worked there a couple of weeks. And then they asked me to stay full time. And I got to meet Frank Cashin, general manager of the New York Mets, and Joe McElvain, who was VP of Baseball Operations. and And we just hit it off well. They told me at the time, we want you to be a major league general manager and we're going to help your career be what it needs to be to get you there. So they really opened up the doors for me at the time it was the montreal expos but now the washington nationals so i uh worked in uh, west palm beach florida and director of operations down there for their instructional league for my the minor league team and spring training and and that really while i was there jeff i'd been in baseball about three years i just decided you know what my original goal was to get in college athletics i love football i love basketball i love volleyball i love baseball. I really want to have the, you know, the different seasons of sports because when you work in a professional sport, at least at that time, you know it's baseball 365 days a year. So I, I was missing the other sports, and I just decided, you know what, I want to get, get out to this and go do college athletics. So I moved back to Greenville at 28 years old, and I went and met with a guy named Dave Hart, who was a senior associate AD for external operations and uh the rest they say is history
0: (laughs) no doubt about that when we have visited off the air you mentioned dave dombrowski to me oftentimes and dave dombrowski's had a terrific career in professional baseball and i'm sure a lot of our listeners recognize that name he's been the president of baseball operations and is today for the Phillies, but he's been the general manager of the Expos. I know that's probably where you first met him. The Marlins, the Tigers, president of baseball operations for the Red Sox, a two-time World Series champion. Jeff, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Dave Dombrowski.
2: Jeff, you find some great questions to ask, so tip my hat to you for that. (laughs) At 28 years old, there were three of us working for the Montreal Expos, uh, and we were all single. And one was Dave Dombrowski. One was Dan Linetta. Dan Lynetta is now with the Detroit Tigers uh, down in Florida. And we were all sitting around having dinner one night. And we were all decided we were going to get out of baseball. We all wanted to be married. We all wanted to have kids. We wanted to have a family. And that can be tough in, in professional baseball with the travel and the divan So, you know, Dave and I, were we're good friends. And, you know, we were all going to get out. And um, I was the only one that did. Uh, Dave ended up, you know, not too much longer. I looked. I was watching the World Series as the Florida Marlins one. There's Dave Dombrowski as the general manager yeah. of the Florida Marlins, winning a, a, a World Series. And he actually hired Dan Linetta when he was with the Tigers. He hired Dan, and Dan didn't like the traveling, so he works in Lakeland at that facility there and kind of oversees that and minor league operations. So Dave, just a really good guy, just a, a, a big, uh, you know, just a big name in baseball, and just a super friend. But it's just curious. Of the three of us, I was the only one that ended up getting out. Uh, Dave kept on the track and ended up being, of course, you know, general manager. And and Dan Lewis settled somewhere in the middle and and he stayed in baseball, but he's uh, just a local guy that doesn't have to do the traveling.
0: So you get into college athletics, as you mentioned, uh, the contact with Dave Hart here at ECU in 1987. You worked in the Pirate Club. And Jeff, what do you remember about some of those days?
2: You know, I just remember getting, learning the business. You know, Charlie Carr came in, and so I worked with Charlie, and I just remember. I remember what uh, one of the crazy things is, is uh, and people probably would not realize this about me, Jeff, but I'm really built as an introvert. I'm not a big talker, uh, I've, but I've had to learn to be because you have to be in development Empire pirate club, piloting club, Gamecock club, whatever, obviously, as an AD as well. You have to be able to talk to people and carry conversations, and I did not know how to do that very well. Um, but I remember going down to, to Fayetteville, one of when I first started, and Dave told me, he said, "You need to go down there and talk to the, uh, basically the, the board of directors for the Fayetteville, Cumberland County, whatever it was. I can't remember, uh, Pirate club." So Danny Kenlaw and those guys, who were seven or eight guys, and I was supposed to go talk to them, and I remember Dave said, "I was like, Dave, what do I talk about? I mean, I didn't know. I was brand new in the business, and 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 he he uh, he told me, I can't remember exactly the." He talked about the three legs of a stool, and I'm going to just kind of assume that one of them is, is uh, competition and maybe, you know, the need for fundraising, whatever the three things is he wanted me to talk about. Um, and I go back to that conversation a lot. You know, I learned a lot from Dave Hart, and, um, and uh, I, I always go back to that when I think about East Carolina, how I didn't know, have any clue what I was doing when I started. And I remember him telling me kind of what to talk about. And then from there, you know, we just uh, – I remember late nights. I remember the fire Club van driving back from Charlotte. Jeff, I remember you giving me a back a ride from Sanford when I was airsick. Dave Hart and I flew on a small plane to Sanford Pirate Club meeting and uh, we are walking out to the plane. The pilot says, get ready, guys. It's going to be bumpy up there. And for a guy that gets motion sick pretty easily, I was concerned about that. And it was bumpy the whole way. It was only about a 20- 20 or 25-minute flight. And so <laughs> – we're coming, we're, we land, and, and we get off the plane, and I'm about to lose lose my lunch, and Dave looks at me, and he goes, were you scared? And I said, Dave, I'm too sick to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, were you sick? He said, no, I was too sick to be scared. <laughs> so we, we did the meeting, and I remember. I remember the room, I remember you being there, you drove in, and I rode back with you that night, because I said, Jeff, I cannot get on the plane on the way back home. Yeah. So you gave me back to the, to the Pitt County Airport, and I... Uh, uh, remember you put the air conditioner on high and I just stepped frozen for about an
0: hour. Yeah, I remember that night as well. We're visiting with Jeff Barber. Some great stories from when he was in the Pirate Club here at ECU. He's now the Director of Athletics at Charleston Southern. They'll be in Greenville on Saturday for the 6 o'clock kickoff. So Jeff, you get some good experience uh, at ECU in fundraising in uh, the late 80s uh, up till about 1990, I guess. And then uh, it's on to Furman. And you and I have that in common. You went to Furman and I was there only uh, one year as the voice of the Paladins in 1982, but I have such fond memories of the folks that I worked with there and of Greenville, South Carolina, and what a class program that it is. So tell us about your role at Furman and some of the things you you learned in your first job, really, as the top fundraiser for an an athletic program.
2: You know, Jeff, I I think that probably the main thing I, uh, I learned through that is that as a person, as an AD or as a development person, I feel like I'm a builder and not a sustainer. And what does that mean? Uh, you know, when I was at the Pyre Club, I was sustaining. I felt like I was doing what I was told to do, and and I did the best I could at that. And then I went to, to Furman, and I realized that I'm really a builder, and what that means is this. I, I feel like I'm a guy that came, came into that job, and we started making changes, you know, for the better. There's an old saying, everybody likes progress, but nobody likes change. Well, we started making a lot of changes, and one of those, or the biggest ones, when I got there, the, the, the Paladin Club reported to the Central Development on campus. And when I'm out talking to donors, they're like, well, I don't want to give to you because it goes to the school. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It goes to athletics, Well, you report, blah, blah, blah. So even though I was told my first year there would never change, it took us two or three years, but we got the paddling club moved from central development under athletics. And we saw a, a big rise, but, you know, just adding new elements to fundraising, trying to get better and, and just trying to build it up and make it better and better. I'm always a guy that wants to model the power five schools and, and so, you know, I just learned a lot there just um, about fundraising again, about leading people, about uh, making hard decisions and then having to stand with that and live with that. But again, I think the main thing I learned besides uh, the fact that I married, I met my my uh, wife there and my wife Donna, uh, the biggest thing that happened was I just really learned that, um, you know, I'm a guy that wants to make things better. So I just work hard at trying to build little things up and and make, make the place wherever I am as good as I can be.
0: South Carolina took notice. It was on uh, to the Gamecocks, of course, at an SEC program where you worked with Mike McGee, former head football coach at East Carolina and Eastern North Carolina. Guy uh, grew up in Elizabeth City, and you worked with uh, Coach McGee for all of those years, Jeff. What was that like?
2: Boy, is that a loaded question. <laughs> when I was there about a year, we held an event at Williams-Brice Stadium And a guy came up to me and said, is Mike McGee coming to this meeting? And I said, yeah, he'll be here shortly. I said, "Uh, do do you want me to introduce you or what? He said, no. He said, I played for him when I was at Duke, and I don't know what to do when I see him. I'm either going to give him a big hug or I'm going to kick him right in the leg. (laughs) And you know what? Mike McGee was a great, great AD. He really uh, molded me, and I, I got to report to him for nearly 10 years directly and sat under him. And um, man, he was tough as nails. Henry Van Sant, of all things, some people will remember that name on this, that are listening to this. Henry Van Sant actually called me and said, Jeff, you do not want to go work for that guy. And he was, uh, he he had a reputation of just, you know, some people like to shoot the messenger. and, And that's okay, because I felt like, I felt like I could learn a lot from him. And, you know, we can all we all have our personality and who we are I actually did a personality test when I was there with a guy, local guy, and he had done Mike McGee. He said, you and Mike McGee are, are, are polar opposites. And I went, that is good to hear because you know what, we, we, we all can be better at what we do. And Mike made me better and made me understand this business a lot. So Mike was man, great teacher boy. He was loyal to his staff, but he was really, really tough to work for. And, and you know what, Jeff, to be honest with you, when I moved on to Liberty and even here, you know, I have to keep myself in check because, you know today's cultures are not the same as it was back then. Yes. And you can you know, you can't always treat people the way that Bobby Knight used to like to coach or yep. you know others. So I've really had to, I really have to do a self check every day just to make sure that I'm not being too hard or too much or expect too much. I always want to be the best we can be, but but Mike was so hard on everybody. I'll give you a quick example if you don't mind. I worked there for seven years, and I was standing with Chris Massaro, who's now the AD at Middle Tennessee State. He was a ticket manager at South Carolina. He had been there 10 years, and he and I were standing with Mike McGee watching a practice a football practice in Columbia. Now, you know anybody who knows Columbia, you know how hot it is. Lou Holtz said it's not hell, but you can see it from there. <laughs> and so it was late one afternoon, and we were watching August practice, and Coach Holtz pulled up in his golf cart, and he had a little... He had a little uh, cooler of Diet Cokes, the, the gold can, the caffeine-free. He drank those all the time. And he pulled up, and he looked at the three of us, and he said, um, would any of you guys like a Coke? And Mike, being Mike, looked at back at Coach Holtz, and he said, well, I'll take one, but these two guys don't get one. They haven't earned the right to have one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And been there are seven years, and Chris, there was 17 years of experience, and Mike didn't wouldn't allow us to get a Coke from Coach Holtz. So – you know, things like that, um, again, it, it really is one of the things in, in our lives that helped mold us into who we are today. And and I appreciate the time with Mike, and I wouldn't have traded for the world.
0: So you, again, do a great job uh, at South Carolina, and Liberty takes notice, and it's on to Liberty in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, Jeff, when you were at South Carolina, was that the goal, that uh, you wanted to get an athletics director's job out of uh, USC?
2: You know what, Jeff, to be honest with you, uh, it was to be the ad east carolina i hope you don't mind me saying this was the goal when i got into this business in 1987 so so certainly it was and i wanted to be an ad i wanted to come back you know home and and be that at my alma mater things haven't worked in that direction for different reasons i guess but um but you know what it it was i mean i've always uh always i got in this business wanting to be an ad and and um so yeah it was uh it was good and it's really um you know, they came after me, and I'm not one to take a job and go after others. But, but uh, you know, Liberty came after me and said, we've heard about you and think you're the right guy. Would you talk to us? So there we go.
0: So you worked with Jerry Falwell, the late Jerry Falwell, Jerry Falwell Sr., uh, certainly a, a well-known personality, known nationally, and incredible what he did at Liberty University. What was it like working with uh, Dr. Falwell?
2: You know, Dr. Falwell... You know, it was much maligned by you know by some, but uh, boy, I tell you one thing: he loved college athletics. He loved sports. He loved ESPN. He said he only watched three things on TV: he watched sports, uh, he watched uh, MME or uh, WWE, and and he watched mixed martial art, mixed martial arts. Again, the letters are kind of. Confusing. MMA, uh, MMA. Thank you. Yep. And so he loved he loved uh, people. He loved the students. Uh, you know, he was very set in his belief system and, and what he believed, and that's okay. Everybody's entitled to have their belief, and, and we should all accept everybody's belief no matter what it is and respect them for it. But he was just a really, really great guy to work for. He, he was a a, a, a prankster. Uh, we sat in meetings in the uh, conference room, and his window was right there, and then it was a parking lot, and his car was right there. and He, he used to have meetings and hold his car keys up, and when students passed his car, he'd hit the panic button and watch him jump and he thought that was the funniest thing ever so uh, you know what he he, he was a, a president that that allowed me to be, be the ad and make decisions and he supported me and um so he he was a special guy now, i was only with him for 15 months but um before he passed away but i did enjoy working for him and he was uh he, he was a He was a real person he was a really good guy
0: we're visiting with jeff barber his charleston southern program will be in greenville on a saturday to take on the pirates jeff of course a greenville native and ecu alum uh jeff so you have a great run at liberty when you look back over those 10 years and, and we visited a couple of times during your tenure there and you would show me all the incredible facilities that liberty has built and you were a big part of that the decade you were there what are what are some of the accomplishments what are some of the things you should look back at in your days of liberty and you can feel really proud about
2: you know jeff i don't know that everybody will understand this um and i'm going to go into detail but the thing that i'm most proud about is that we took a, uh, a a budget from 12 million to 40 we took a staff from 55 to 175 we built facilities Uh, to a level that um, we had SEC schools coming and telling me that there's not an SEC school that top to bottom has the quality of facilities that you guys do. at Liberty, I I actually had a senior associate at Tennessee come and tell me, he was at a women's soccer game, and he said, Jeff, every one of your facilities at Liberty is better than the one we have at Tennessee. Maybe not bigger, of course, but better. And so when when you ask about that, when I look back, what I'm most proud of, is that we were able to build that department. Now, I will tell you, I'm not going to take any credit for things that I don't take, that I don't deserve. You know, there was an online program that kicked in a lot of money to that school. A lot of money. And a lot of what we did was been able to do because of the online money. Not all of it. We still had to raise money for the soccer stadium. We had to raise money for different things. Put a lot of things in place. Uh, premium seating and a lot of other things to raise money. But, but the thing I'm most proud about, Jeff, is we were able to build a program that I, when I got there, was not very good. to Be honest with you, it was very poor, and we built it into something that was really, really special. I remember when I left, I the group of uh, in the group of five schools of 65, I think we had the 16th largest budget and whatever all this stuff. But the thing I'm most uh, proud about is I didn't I didn't compromise the mission of the university to reach that goal. And when I say that, we did it you got to make hard decisions sometimes, but we didn't step on people. We did it with treating people well. We, we did it with the right way. We didn't cheat. Uh, we didn't lie. We didn't, again, step on people to get better. You know, it takes a little longer to do it that way, but you build a really solid foundation, and I feel uh, I, I'm very pleased that as I look at the program now and the foundation they have, I know that I was able to be just a part of that. And, again, the, the, the mission of that university was not compromised, and we did it the right way and that goes a long way. We're trying to do the same thing here. We don't have near the money, but we're still following the same blueprint. We're doing it the right way, and and when you do it the right way, you build your house on the rock and not sand, and it'll last a long time.
0: After Liberty, you were out of athletics, Jeff, for a little while. Tell us what you were up to those days.
2: You know, it was really cool, Jeff. Uh, I, I actually um, look back on it now and, you know, uh, realize that it was really a time to re-energize myself. I worked for a a, a Christian nonprofit called Asian hope. And we had some schools over in Cambodia, Phnom Penh, Cambodia. And so it really gave me an opportunity to, to re-energize myself to get back into college athletics, but also see, man, not only another part of the world, but just a whole nother lifestyle, whole nother culture. Uh, we dealt with, uh, with, with the poorest of the poor in Phnom Penh and helped them get stock start school started and, and all that. So it was a really neat experience. It was something very new to me. And I, I felt, you know, it felt like a. It was different when you worked in college athletics and you called a donor; they call you right back. And then you work in something like that, and people don't call you back. And and I really realized that, uh, you know, the difference in that. But it was just a, a really good time to to really make a difference in in people's lives over on the other side of the world. And I was able to go over there a few times, and and uh, it, it was fun. But I was uh, after about a year, I was itching to get back into college athletics.
0: So now, four years at Charleston Southern, Jeff. How did the Charleston Southern job come up?
2: Um, the AD that retired uh, called me up, and he said, "Hey, I'm stepping down, and uh, would you be interested?" And I'll go back to what I said about my days at Furman. Uh, I like to, I like to see myself as a builder of programs and not a sustainer. Um, and I looked at this program, and I talked to the commissioner of the conference, and there was no doubt that we had an opportunity. That old saying, "Be careful what you ask for." You know, uh, we have a lot of opportunity to build stuff down here. We, we're we're a very uh, again low resource program, um, but we're uh, but it was one that I felt like I could come in and and, and and embrace the challenge, embrace the difficulties, and I felt called to come here and just do whatever I could to help to make it better. And and I got you know got down, got the interview, and and here I am.
0: Final question for you, Jeff. Uh, give us an update now on the Barber family and what everybody's up to
2: oh my goodness yes uh i've had two kids to get married this summer wow uh, my wife and i joke we like it would be us that so we got we had our daughter Lindsay get married and our son jay get married the two wonderful wonderful young people who are so so pleased and so excited to have josh and destiny in our family but uh you know they're um they are uh a great additions. uh so we had two weddings uh my wife is doing great. She is a strength coach, and uh, I actually started working out with her again a couple of months ago. My goal is to look like Jeff Charles one day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you really have that as a goal or not, but I'll take it anyway. Let's
2: just say we do, okay?
0: <laughs> well, we used to work out pretty hard together back in the day.
2: Yes, we did. I remember going over to, and I can't remember the name, Jeff, or the place over on the 14th Street. I think or maybe it was 10th Street, but a big white building, and it had a weight room. Oh, there. yeah. We used to go- I remember coming home from Pirate Club meetings at 10, 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, of course, you're all juiced up and I'd go in there and we'd get a workout in. But, um, anyway, Donna's great. I had a wonderful wife. Uh, she's 10 years younger than I am. People accuse me of robbing the cradle, but I tell them she robbed the grave. So, <laughs> uh, she's just a great, she's a great AD's wife and she really embraces, uh, the, the student athletes. We have a lot of them into our home for meals and she's doing great. And, uh, Lindsay's great. She's living. In Uh, She married a guy doing special ops, a a young man and the first lieutenant in the Army, and he's doing uh, strategic analysis and all for the special operations, Green Beret and all that. And then my son Jay uh, is here with his wife. And so, again, we're just um, doing life, man, having a good time.
0: Sounds great. Hey, Jeff, it's been so great having you on with us and catching up and congratulations on a wonderful career that you have had. Can't wait to see you this weekend. Man, we haven't seen each other in a long time and can't wait for that breakfast coming up on Saturday. And Thanks so much for your time. Uh, great job on the interview, by the way, and I know all of Pirate Nation will certainly enjoy hearing from you.
2: Well, I appreciate Jeff. You know, you do this kind of thing long enough and you got a lot of stories and we're just scratching the surface. But love you to death, man. I got so much respect for you and You know, you've been there, I think, 34 years now. And, boy, East Carolina is very lucky to have Jeff Charles on their their team. And I can't wait to see you on Saturday.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jeff. You're very kind. That's Jeff Barber joining us right here on Pirate Radio.
1: And that was another great episode of the Pirate Radio podcast with voice Jeff Charles and his special guest. Jeff Barber, the Athletics Director at Charleston Southern. Special thanks to our sponsor, White Claw Hard Seltzer. Look for White Claw at your favorite retailer next time you're out shopping. White Claw Hard Seltzer is available in five fruit flavors has two grams of carbs, is gluten-free and only has 100 calories. Nothing tastes quite like it. We'll be back very soon with another edition of the Pirate Radio Podcast. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in your Apple store or Spotify. You can also visit our website at pr927fm.com and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest news and information. Until next time, have a great day, everyone.
0: You have been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Nothing tastes quite like it. Visit Whiteclaw.com today. Whiteclaw Hard Seltzer, proudly distributed by Coastal Beverage. Please drink responsibly. The Pirate Radio Podcast is an exclusive presentation by Pirate Radio, the voice of the pirate nation.